Bitcoin, Ethereum, and Blockchain Super Conference is coming to Dallas, Texas, February 16, 17, and 18 in 2018. If you know of a better way to get the latest insider knowledge about crypto, to hear directly from the top minds in this field, to interact personally with 800 fellow crypto lovers, hodlers, investors, miners, traders, developers, and founders, then I'd like to hear about it. If you don't, then you don't want to miss out. Register today for the Bitcoin, Ethereum, and Blockchain Super Conference. Go to BitcoinSuperConference.com and register today as a super early bird to get the lowest rates on tickets and hotel rooms. That's BitcoinSuperConference.com. Welcome to Almost Here, Around the Corner of Future Technology Podcasts with Richard Jacobs. Future technologies poised to transform our lives for better or worse are the focus of this podcast. Almost here means these technologies are now here and starting to be used, or just around the corner, from Bitcoin to artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more. Hi, this is Richard Jacobs with Future Tech Podcast. Uh, my guest today is Hudson Jameson, co-founder and COO of Oaken Innovations. Hudson, how you doing? Good, how are you doing? Good, thanks for coming on. I appreciate it. So, uh, Absolutely. You know, I always like to get... Get right to the point here. What, tell me about Oaken Innovations. What do you guys do? Sure. So Oaken Innovations is an IoT and uh, blockchain-related company. We basically provide a security layer between the client, the IoT device, and the uh, internet or you know the big open area that you can have a lot of um, security issues with. We use uh, more than just blockchain technology, though. We also use other types of distributed storage and decentralized solutions like IPFS uh, and others in order to make sure that when you're doing a transaction over a device, you can have true machine-to-machine communication uh, payments and security. So what are, yeah, everyone's in love with IoT devices, but it sounds like uh, they may have certain security problems. What are some of the common issues you you think that society will be facing with IoT devices? Yeah, so the biggest thing is IoT devices, when you know they started getting really popular and a bunch of companies came on making them, these smart thermostats and you know smart components in your car, security wasn't really in the forefront. So you see stuff all the time with people, you know, breaking into uh, baby mon- monitors and you know being able to go into security cameras or even hijack, you know, autonomous cars uh, while you're driving on the road for some of the newer prototype, just, you know, run the car into a ditch. So things like that um, mean that we need something very robust and very secure uh, in order to have our IoT devices talk to each other. So what we found was that some of the applied cryptography that's used in blockchain uh, was very, very good and able to solve this issue. Uh, So what we've done is we've kind of developed our own platform that uses elements of blockchain technology and distributed file storage uh, in order to make a system where the machine can autonomously or semi-autonomously communicate with other machines or entities. So when your car is driving down the road or when you have your thermostat, it's kind of its own identity that can pay for itself and you know, um, to protect itself and send messages in a way that couldn't be done previously. Okay, so yeah, let's talk about a specific example. So your car, I guess they're not IoT devices yet, but they're kind of turning into them. What will it look like in the near future or the future when my car is an IoT device and it has its own 
I don't know, identity or entity? Yeah. Uh, what, what, what are some of the things I can do and what will I expect to experience? So recently, um, I guess last February, really, uh, Oaken Innovations participated and won a global hackathon that was put on by the United Arab Emirates uh, for hmm. basically coming up with an idea uh, for blockchain technology that could help with their um, city, like smart city infrastructure. So what we did was we outfitted a Tesla with a blockchain node so that data coming from the Tesla was going through this blockchain node and that would communicate over the Ethereum blockchain network to a toll gate that also had its own you know, small box, a small uh, blockchain node on there. And when the car would go through the toll gate, a smart contract on the blockchain would allow it to authenticate itself to say, I'm actually going through this toll gate right now. And the car could pay for itself as its own entity. So what this really does is it takes out a lot of the middle layers that are usually provided. So if you think about how like a toll gate set up now, there's all these services, all these payment layers, a bunch of stuff, and each one of them has all these security holes. But if you make it truly machine to machine and use these elements of applied cryptography and blockchain, you can have a direct uh, payment and direct finality layer that you didn't have before uh, with these kind of systems. Wow. That's pretty cool. So the car, you know, by using, um, by being on the Ethereum blockchain, it has a, um, a verifiable and I guess unimpeachable identity. And so yeah. does the toll gate and the two systems can interact pretty quickly. Um, what would happen in such a circumstance if, um, you know, what would cause an error in an interaction like that? Uh, any problems with an interaction like that? What could go wrong? So the things that could go wrong, um, at least on the car end, if you have your blockchain node be unprotected. So like if you're just feeding bad data into the toll gate, that would be the biggest uh, cause for concern. But what we've done, at least when we were outfitting our prototype, is we've uh, done some early work to make it a hardware security module. And what that means is uh, it's like data can only come out one way. Uh, all the transactions that come out of that blockchain node are um, output only, and it only takes in data that it needs. So if you try to go in and you try to like get a screwdriver and open the box to tamper with it, uh, the chip that has all the blockchain node information and its identity will uh, erase itself. So it's tamper-resistant, uh, meaning that even oh. if I was someone who wanted to act maliciously, I couldn't go in there and like steal the identity or... I guess hack the hack the hardware device because it'll just destroy itself. What about spoofing um, a car that's going through a toll or um, taking the identity of some other um, other car using that to pay for the toll or a, a DDoS attack on the toll? How about those circumstances? Yeah, that's a that's a good question. So for the first thing, uh, impersonating a car. Uh, again, that tamper-resistant hardware security module box that we have, you can think of it as like this uh, safe where if you um, try to get into it, you, it like literally explodes on itself. Um, but in our case, it just erases the disk that's running the blockchain node inside of the car. So it's this black box in there. And if you try to tamper with it, if you try to open it, it will erase itself. So you literally cannot copy um, one car's identifier and bring it to another car. Uh, that's set in motion when the box is created and you can't change it after that. You can only provide certain recovery mechanisms that are more advanced and harder to speed. Uh And then as far as, um, what was your second question? 
Oh, DDoS. Yeah, that would be one type of attack. But you know, so I can't spoof it from. Can I change my uh, my identity so I look like another car? And so I go through that toll, and the toll says it thinks it's car A instead of car B. The way we have it designed, um, that that would be very difficult to do uh, because the box wouldn't be able to be detached from the car and put into another car. Um, and also, you couldn't copy the contents of the box because it would erase itself. So the way we have it set up, it's very tamper-resistant. So it would be more trouble than it's worth for this particular use case for that to happen. And then as far as um, DDoSing or basically sending a bunch of signals to the um, to the toll booth at once, I'd say that that's something that you could technically do today on today's toll roads, and people don't do it because it's kind of an odd thing for someone to attack. You could overwhelm the networks of the toll booth right now in order to make it shut down so you don't have to pay tolls. And I'd argue that it's actually easier to do it today than in the system that we're developing because there's so many different back-end systems that are running that toll booth. There's different payment mm-hmm. layers. There's different stuff that uh, for Texas, uh, TxDOT or um, Texas Department of Transportation has to put in and all these vendors, that each one of them might have a different flaw. So really what our systems aren't doing are we're not trying to be exactly the silver bullet, but we think that it's a lot better than what we have today. Okay. Yes. All right. So we talked about this example. What other examples, either car related or other IoT objects related? You know, what about a car getting its own gas or getting gas and paying for it? Or are there other IoT devices where you have use cases that you've experimented with? Sure. So a car is the easiest one for people to kind of wrap their heads around, um, including me, since there's so many different IoT devices out there. So uh, as another example, we worked um, this summer with Toyota Research Institute and a few other companies to make a uh, distributed car leasing application. So what we did is we used nothing, um, pretty much nothing but uh, blockchain and distributed storage related software services to create a um, decentralized car leasing application. So there's a company called Churro, and what you can do is you can uh, put your car up on the market and say, hey, when I'm not driving my car, someone else can rent it, and I'm just going to put it on the curb, and you can come up and rent it. And so that all happens from your cell phone, and then you agree to you know jump in the car and rent it, and you have an insurance policy associated, so you can rent money by leasing your car out to people for short periods of time. It's the same model that Airbnb and Uber and everybody else is kind of doing where, you know, you're disintermediating um, a service like Hertz that's traditionally the rental service company. So that's true. That's cool. What's what's the service called? The service is called Turo. And so what we said was Turo is really cool, but we don't even really need Turo in order to do this now that the machines can communicate with each other. So we did the same black box model in the car where we have a blockchain node that's tamper resistant in the car. And we made this service on the Ethereum blockchain where you could go in and you could put your car on the market to be rented or and you could uh, request that uh, a car to be rented if you're the person requesting. And once you put a request out, it logs it on the blockchain. You can deposit money using the blockchain. And if you have the right permissions, then the car unlocks for you using our app. So what we've done here is we did the same idea as what Turo's doing or what any of these you know, third-party intermediaries are doing when they're negotiating between you and a service. And we took out the middleman. 
Now, because of blockchain technology and our platform that allows for machine-to-machine, client-to-machine communications, you can, you know, have a whole car leasing service yourself without having to even use Tura. That's really cool. Huh. Any, um, I don't mean to focus on problems, but any problems you oh, see, no problem. you know, what if a car gets stolen? What if it breaks down? You know, what are the possible issues with a system like that? That's run Oh, yeah. So it's, it's incredibly dangerous to just throw a system like this to the wind, to the public, uh, because, yeah, there's a lot of liabilities involved with what if the car gets stolen? What is the entrance information? And for that, there still needs to be a third party involved. So to an extent, so services like Turo for the moment are here to stay, but I believe that this technology does show a lot of promise for things that don't require as much liability uh, being disintermediated today or things that, you know, services like uh, the Tollgate companies, like we were discussing earlier, might want to implement before they become disintermediated themselves. So it's less about something that can be put into place today uh, for the example I gave with the autonomous car leasing and more about seeing the promise for blockchain technology and where it can be applied to other areas um, other, other areas as it becomes more mature. Any, uh, what, are, what are some other use cases I'm interested? Maybe ones that are not obvious that you guys thought of that are pretty cool or unique or strange? Yeah, so we, we've come up with a number of other ones. We have a few that we're kind of keeping under wraps until the end of the year because we have some special announcements coming out. Uh, another one I can tell you that was kind of interesting that we tried early on uh, was um, autonomous water meters, I guess, or distributed autonomous water meters. So right now, you know, you have your old school water meter beside your house that's keeping track on a dial of how much water you use. And depending on where you live, someone manually comes around and it's like a pen and paper and just track down how much water you're using. So that's like really prone to error. And that's not like a huge problem people face in general, but like there's a lot of opportunities for fraud there or for, you know, people fudging the numbers or all kinds of stuff. So what we did was we attached a funnel to a Raspberry Pi and then attached all of that data processing information to the blockchain so that when water would flow through, it would track the amount of water and then update on the blockchain and in a way that the data is immutable. So once the data gets put on there, it can't be changed and payments to the water company could be done uh, in a much more seamless way, in a, in a way that uh, involves a lot less friction by using a blockchain product. Interesting. Yeah, I guess same with electricity, same with a lot of mm-hmm. different things. Yeah, these what, smart um, city applications are, are probably the most interesting and the ones that like would be put into place, but like as a consumer, you wouldn't know. In fact, whenever we're building these things, like, and we're using terms like um, HSM, hardware security module, and blockchain, and decentralized storage solutions. Like, none of that needs to be shown to the consumer. What we're focusing on is making this like uh, an underlying layer, an underlying platform mm-hmm. that the user doesn't even know they're using, but they're reaping all the benefits. Um, do you think that this will be a big cost savings for consumers, or will companies just say, yeah, we got better margins, we're keeping them? You know, and if, if so, if you think it'll improve, it'll reduce costs. How much do you gauge it may do so? I believe that it would reduce costs for everybody involved, uh, depending obviously on how the players that are implementing these solutions choose to implement them. So how it stands right now, um, like let's say um, electricity, like if you have an electric company in your area, they kind of set the rate. Some of the time there's competition, but a lot of the time it kind of, you know, stays on its own. But now if you have this, you know, third party player, this one that wasn't there before, that's like a... Um, 
it's like a group of, you know, community activists or whoever who runs this decentralized maybe energy sharing or water sharing or whatever credit solution, you can have them kind of compete and make and make sure that the bigger companies actually bring down their prices because now there's a cheaper alternative out there. So it's really a lot of free market mechanics that are going to drive this. Um, when you take out these intermediaries and these like third parties that have to be in the middle of these services, it brings a lot of cost savings. And how those cost savings get distributed just depends on who's actually taking those intermediaries out of the picture. Any um, data that would tell you uh, possible cost savings for one of your use cases, ballpark? Um, Yeah, so we've run some numbers on the toll road one, and we were seeing seeing billions of dollars in savings, but that was a, a lot of that was if let's say the entire state of Texas implements our system and that takes away a lot of the friction from the payment rails and, you know, dealing with credit card fees. Uh, right now, when you go through a toll road, you're paying roughly three to 5% in fees. Uh, and we saw that we could bring that down to 0.01% using the technology that we implemented. Wow. Oh, that's fantastic. Okay. So what's your um, roadmap on rollout, when when will some of these things uh, you know be used in the real world on some kind of scale? So with um, a lot of this technology in general, some of that is still in unknowns. Um, there's just starting to be rollouts of blockchain and distributed systems, you know, related projects coming into like mainstream into the real world. Um, a lot of our stuff so far has been prototypes, but we're having a lot of good conversations right now with different um, transportation authorities and different uh, companies and auto manufacturers. So we have a lot of exciting announcements later in the year from some big names uh, who are going to be working with us uh, to try to get this stuff out there as quickly as possible. We we really like working with companies that are there saying, we really want to put this out there and make this a real thing, you know, in the near future, in the next year, in the next two years. And so we prefer to work with those kind of companies. And it's really been fruitful for us to make that decision early on. Yeah, it makes sense. That's great. Um, any other ambitious projects you have, you know, coming up in the next six months or a year? Or are you busy enough with uh, these initiatives? Oh, uh, well, we have a number of things coming up. Some of them I'm not able to talk about, but we're doing a little bit of a revamp of the app I told you about earlier, the one with um, decentralized car leasing, the one that replaces Turo. Mm. So we're kind of giving that a makeover and making it so that people can kind of try it on their own devices as an example. Um, They obviously wouldn't be able to install it in their own cars unless they, you know, work with some of the hardware prototypes we've created. They can kind of see and walk through the example on their phones is what we're we're hoping for by the end of September. Uh, So people can kind of get a feel for what the future will be like. Okay. Well, very good. Last last couple of questions. Um, and I don't mean to keep harping on it, but is there an application that's desperately in need of better security, and that's going to be the main benefit of uh, you know integrating with it, integrating it with uh, blockchain and smart contract? You said which is is there an application? Was your question? Yeah, is there an application where the security need is the number one need and benefit of integrating it with a blockchain type solution? You know, these other ones are for cost savings. They're for you know, reducing payment friction, et cetera. But are there other applications where like security is number one and you guys are, your your potential solution will solve a problem? You know, any industries or, again, use cases yeah. where security is the biggest problem? 
I would say the two would be, number one would be autonomous driving cars, because that's something that's entirely run by computers. Um, it's something that's coming in you know, sooner than we think. And as cars are driving down the road, if they've already demonstrated that you can get out a laptop and wirelessly hack a car and drive it into a ditch. So having a layer of security and something like our black box solution in the car would provide a lot of benefits so that someone couldn't just be on their laptop and wirelessly mess with it. It would have to be authenticated in a very specific way that blockchain uh, systems can provide for. Uh, the second one might be medical devices. Um, if you have kind of like... Um, like a medical device that's keeping someone alive at a hospital, but maybe it's someone like a world leader and maybe someone wants to go in and do something malicious to increase or decrease the dosage. And you can maybe do that over a traditional network. Those are technically IOT devices. And those are things that so far have not held up to the security standards and that we would think that hospitals and other medical industries should have. So having something like this uh, conforming to a medical device is another area where I think it's very urgent. Um, and those two are just the two examples I can think of that are life or death. Uh, the other ones are just things like, you know, you're, you have a baby monitor in your house and it's watching your kid. I mean, do you want someone going and snooping in on that? <laughs> it it kind of gets a little bit scary when you think about it, but I, I think that the future is bright and that you know, there's companies like us and others that are trying to solve these problems and really put in this layer of security between IoT devices and the criminals that could attack those devices. That's great. All right. Um, I guess, we'll, you know, we'll wrap up. We're out of time. But uh, how do people contact you that are interested in learning more about you know, your technology and, uh, you know, possibly working with you? Sure. Uh, go visit OakenInnovations.com, O-A-K-E-N innovations.com and that's going to have our contact information it's going to have some video demos and our uh, github repository and some other stuff for those interested whether you're a developer or uh, someone just interested in the technology well great Hudson well thanks so much and this is really fascinating I like I like what you guys do and it's uh, very important so thanks for coming on the podcast all right thank you for having me the Bitcoin, Ethereum, and Blockchain Super Conference is coming to Dallas, Texas, February 16, 17, and 18 in 2018. If you know of a better way to get the latest insider knowledge about crypto, to hear directly from the top minds in this field, to interact personally with 800 fellow crypto lovers, hodlers, investors, miners, traders, developers, and founders, then I'd like to hear about it. If you don't, then you don't want to miss out. Register today for the Bitcoin, Ethereum, and Blockchain Super Conference. Go to BitcoinSuperConference.com and register today as a super early bird to get the lowest rates on tickets and hotel rooms. That's BitcoinSuperConference.com. You have been listening to Almost Here, Around the Corner Future Technology Podcast with Richard Jacobs. Subscribe to this podcast, post a review, to discover more future technologies that are poised to transform our lives for better or worse, such as Bitcoin, artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more.